Hello, welcome to Fruitbox, Fruitnet's series of fresh fruit and vegetable conversations with me, Chris White. Every week I talk down the line from here in London with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they face in business today. I want these 15-minute conversations twice a week to give you really good insight into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. We launched only a few weeks ago. We've already had a huge amount of interest. More than 2,000 people in the fresh produce business have tuned into Fruitbox already. There's a real need out there for great insight and new ideas. And that's what I want these twice weekly conversations to be all about. Today on Fruitbox, we turn to the issue of logistics. It's been mentioned by every single guest at Fruitbox so far. We've heard about the challenges for growers and for packers. We've heard and talked about the big changes at food retail. But what about the crucial logistics chain, the one that brings the fruit to market? Joining me down the line today is Ole Schack-Peterson. Ole is a logistics expert, has spent his entire career at some of the biggest names in the business and is now executive director at the Broom Group of Companies, one of the world's biggest companies in the fresh produce logistics business. Hello, Ole. Welcome to Fruitbox. Thank you very much and uh, thank you for having me. Ole, as I mentioned at the top of the program, every conversation I've had here at Fruitbox over the last few weeks has focused on the challenges at the farm gate and at the supermarket shelf, but we've not really talked much about the challenges in the logistics chain. So tell me, how has this coronavirus crisis been affecting you? Okay, uh, in the supply chain, there's one word we all have to uh, understand the meaning of and the importance of, and that is the word predictability. If there is predictability in the demand, there will be a supply covering for that demand. But if there isn't, and if things they change too much up or down, and the predictability uh, goes out the window, uh, the supply chain and those operating the supply chains cannot cope with the changes. One of the things that happened uh, when the coronavirus struck China, and China were forced to basically lock down the entire country, we saw, and by the way, this happened right in the beginning of the uh, food uh, import season, predominantly from Chile with cherries and grapes uh, from Peru and so on and so forth. So in January, the beginning of this year. Exactly. Uh, and all, you know, in preparation for the Chinese New Year. On top of that, uh, we increased the amount of uh, containers going into uh, China with uh, pork meat because of the Africans wound uh, swine flu. You have any amount of reefer containers destined for China. And it also happened this year in, uh, in, in, in January and, and of course February. And then suddenly the country came to a standstill whilst the containers were either there or on water uh, beating Chinese shores. So a lot of these boxes were either uh, stored in China, they were discharged in China, they were plugged in, uh, or they were diverted to other uh, ports and other hubs uh, until they could get into China. Mm. The, the big change we have seen is then when these containers, they get stuck. At the same time, the lines have not had the demand for exports, dry exports out of uh, China, and therefore they have reduced the number of sailings, making blank sailings, 
uh, which is then also uh, jeopardizing the um, evacuation of empties out of uh, China. So before the lockdown uh, and under the lockdown, of course, you saw containers coming in that could not be freed up. And after uh, the lockdown started opening up, or we had a lock up again, so to speak, and China started working again uh, in, in brackets, working again, still a lot of uh, containers are stuck there, uh, simply because there are not enough of sailings to bring the entries uh, back out of China. That is, in essence, what has caused a number of, you could say, disruptions, delays, uh, lack of equipment around in the world uh, of, uh, of the repo. And that's still the case today, is it? Or uh, are we seeing a shortage of boxes in, in other parts of the world still? And, and what do you think is going to be the big problem for kind of Southern Hemisphere exporters now the citrus season is starting? Uh, I know quite a lot of fruit is also being, you know, in, in specialised reefer uh, cargo vessels. Exactly. But containers are still very, very important to that trade as well. Yeah. So, so um the good thing about this uh, crisis is that we uh, uh, this crisis around is that we still have uh, the reefer vessels to rely on in part and they have certainly taken up uh, some of the uh, let's say slack that the containers have had to to leave behind in some of the trades uh, particularly uh, i can mention here the the trades out of uh, chile to the us but you will also see that uh, more so when we get to uh, some of the citrus seasons because the containers are, uh, by and large, still delayed out of China. There is still a delay out of China. Although most of the, let's say, major container carry trades are fairly well covered uh, these days. One of the, let's say, Lock in disguise has been uh, that banana volumes out of Ecuador has been uh, reducing and therefore also less uh, demand for, for boxes there. But again, given the lack of predictability and not anybody knowing that Ecuador was going to be down on volumes before it really hit, obviously a lot of boxes are today sitting there and uh, of no use uh, so far in, in that market because the, the, the volumes are dropping uh, as we speak. Mm. It's ironic that uh, suddenly specialised reefer vessels are coming almost to the rescue of the fruit business, having been written off in many ways over so many years. But let's talk for a moment about ports. They've also had some big problems, haven't they? And what, what have been the biggest headaches there? Well, I would say that generally speaking, most of the ports have actually uh, worked so far. I mean, I'm talking about the, the major fruit ports, obviously, both in terms of loading and distance. They have predominantly all been working but obviously some of them have been working slower and of course not being able to clear as many containers as they used to uh, from let's say the uh, the terminal inland uh, at the port of receipt of, of the merchandise so you have a little bit of a build-up of containers in the discharge ports the I think the biggest risk of a real slowdown in, in the supply chain is if countries like South Africa, as, as the number one, will have to, let's say, close down or at least reduce somewhat uh, to a major uh, extent uh, the output capacity. That will really hit a number of markets uh, because on, on one hand, you have a lot of containers standing there so they won't be uh, freed up later on in Europe or in the US or wherever they're needed. And 
it will take some time to get uh, that backlog uh, cleared out of South Africa, if it happens, mm-hmm. to the extent that people are talking about it in the industry. And it, it, it will take time. But on the, on the other hand, the, the positive thing of this is that I would say all the major players, be they carriers, uh, be they ports, the logistics operators, we are uh, by and large uh, coping with the situations. But of course, we as logistics uh, companies are not in control and can not really help when it comes to what happens inland in the uh, in the area of production, uh, and either at the markets where it needs to be distributed for final sale at the at the supermarket floors. Sure, I guess the only predictable thing is that it's unpredictable in many ways. Yes. Um, what, what about um, specialist technologies that allow for longer term storage and tracking and tracing? Are you, are you seeing a, a much stronger demand from the market for this kind of technology because of the interruptions we're seeing in, in, in flows? Uh, I, I think that's too early to say if, if the coronavirus and, and all what we're seeing right now uh, uh, surrounding that has had that influence. I don't think uh, we will be able to say yes to that right now. But obviously, there is an increased demand for CAs. There is an increased demand for track and trace. And whilst we all and all our officers uh, and others and the competition and the carriers and whatnot are working from home, the demand for uh, knowing the whereabouts on one hand of the cargo, on the other hand, documentation, the boxes, the trucks, and so on, has of course increased a lot. And uh, you can imagine that uh, not sitting next to the one controlling the document and the truck and the warehouse and so on and so forth, it is making life a little more complicated for us uh, in the in, in the distribution end of, of the things. Whilst at the shipping end in South America and South Africa, we are obviously struggling with what we just mentioned the issue about on one hand, sometimes lack of containers and sometimes a diversion of vessels or blanking of a sailing, which is making it, uh, to say the least, a little more interesting these days to be in the supply chain and logistics. Yeah, I mean, a business around the world, have uh, it's incredible. We've all been confronted by some enormous changes and it's made everyone think about the way, you know, they need to do things. I mean, it's affected us too, uh, you know, in our, in our business. We've had to rethink things and we've had to come up with, you know, new and innovative ideas about the way in which we put our news together and our, our events together. Um, for you in the logistics business, what, what are the big changes that we can expect to see in future? I guess what I'm asking you is what do you think is going to be the new normal in logistics? Yeah, so so whilst a lot of people are talking about the end of the just-in-time principle for a number of uh, industries, be they the automotive or the uh, pharmaceuticals and whatnot, and that you have to carry larger stock in the consumer markets, down the line of the of the of the supply chain in the fresh produce you cannot really do it i mean we are in the just in time business there's no way that we can kind of ship two months of production of apples or or grapes or kiwis and then have it sitting around it's it's just not existing i mean it's 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 produced it's shipped it's it's sold it's distributed and it's eaten and if you can't get apples today, you can, you can maybe hopefully get pears or you can get plums or whatever. But that's the name of the game in, in the industry. But I do think that what this crisis has uh, meant for the industry as such is 
that there is a lot more collaboration across the suppliers of logistics services, be they software or hardware. There is a genuine understanding that we are all in this together. And I think beyond the coronavirus, I think people will, will realize, yes, we all need the carriers. And yes, the carriers, they need logistics providers to cater for the client's needs for logistics services. Because you cannot, as one shipper or one producer, be reliant on one carrier. You have to have as many options as at all possible. And even, and this goes to show how important the refuel vessels have been in, in this crisis, you even also have to have different modes of uh, transportation to make sure that your fresh product uh, reaches uh, uh, the destination it needs to. And coupled with this, remember that uh, once we have seen some markets uh, closing down, others staying open and then others the former opening up again and then the others closing down. You have also seen a huge surge in volume shifting. It's, let's say, more traditional uh, flow of things and seasonality going from A to B. Now they don't go A to B, they actually go A to C because D failed to supply for one reason or another. Mm. An example in point here is, is the... It's a great uh, industry uh, where Chile has increased uh, its shipments to, uh, to Europe and Russia, uh, basically on the back of um, India not being able to supply those markets in the season that India usually sits in, in that window it usually sits in. So, so, so from a logistics point of view, it's the ability to play within the industry and given the circumstances the industry is in, the industry being the world at, at large, uh, but also specifically uh, down to each of the commodities. So it's a kind of question of, it's that old one of cooperation and competition, which produces cooperation. That wasn't at all predictable, I think, uh, well, almost, a, almost a few weeks ago. And now it seems to be the, the way forward for... Yeah, I, I, think, I think people are realising that... Uh, that everyone has a, a place and, and, and a part to play here and an important one. Uh, obviously, uh, some will argue that you can still do that digitalized and, and, and you can to a large extent. But at the end of the day, the game is to get your cargo on board a ship physically and not just digitally managed. Yeah. Uh, and that, under these circumstances, in itself is somewhat of a challenge because you have a number of uh, factors being let's say, for instance, lack of pickers or lack of packers in, in certain areas of the world that uh, opens up for others to, to supply and the need for others to, to supply, uh, and that we have definitely seen uh, lately. Mm. And there's the small miracle that I witnessed again this morning when I walked out of my house here in central London to walk to the local supermarket at the corner, and what do I find but shelves full of fresh fruits and vegetables and fresh fruits and vegetables that are coming from well from the four corners of the earth and that and that always strikes me as something quite remarkable. Ole, that's all we've got time for today on Fruitbox. I was joined down the line by Ole Schack-Peterson of the Broom Group of Companies. Ole, really good to talk to you again. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for calling me. Have a good day. You can find this conversation and the many others I'm having at Fruitbox via our website fruitnet.com. Fruitbox is now on all the podcast platforms. Just search for the word Fruitbox. 
And as I said at the top of the show, we're getting lots of listens since we launched in March. If you want to feature in a future episode, then why don't you get in touch with me via email at chris at fruitnet.com. Don't forget to download our new apps for your smartphone or tablet. We're launching them in April and May. They've been specially designed to work on your mobile device and they've been developed by the same people behind The Economist and other great magazines. Take a look. I'm sure you'll like them. That was Fruitbox and this is Chris White. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Thank you.